from WNUR News, I'm Jung and Jennifer Kim, and you're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM, HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Monday, February 27th, 2023. Tonight on WNUR News, Vietnam Nam is officially closed, Drive to Survive, the Northwestern Relationship Mystery from last week, and the B-List, Screen Actors Guild Awards, Mandalorians, and Cocaine Bear. Those stories coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in. COVID has been impacting restaurants to point of closure in recent years, and now our beloved Norris Downtown Evanston restaurant, Vietnam Nam, is one of them. Reporter Mariah Petway has the story. Friday, February 24th, marked the closing of the Norris restaurant and franchise, Vietnam Nam. Vietnam Nam owner Alan Moy says that COVID made sustaining the business very difficult. So we have had one heck of a run, and it's been called uh, almost eight years in the making and three in the pandemic. And we have done everything we certainly can to have had one heck of a story. We've done everything to grow even during a very difficult time. But uh, you know, as we have continued to trudge through this very challenging marketplace and environment and economy, um, things haven't seemingly gotten much easier on us. You know, we've, we've certainly seen costs go up astronomically in many ways, 200%, 500% sometimes on food costs, packaging, uh, wages are way up, uh, rents have gone up on us, uh, just a whole bunch of factors. Alan says the business has had recent success, but the overall costs are just too overwhelming to continue. We have had our biggest sales year ever, for example, in 20. Uh, 22, which we're so proud of, but at the same time, some of our costs are so much higher than ever. He says that the locations work symbiotically, so when one location is struggling, so is the entire business. Uh, we built this to be very symbiotic across our locations, but at the same time with all these challenges, um, symbiotic type um, dynamics also make it challenging so that it's been hard to decouple you know, all of our different real estate footprints. So we have a couple locations up in Evanston, we had a couple of locations in Chicago, and it's just timing to be able to reinvent ourselves one more time and to take extra efforts to sort of consolidate our operations and, I guess, and reinvent ourselves. Uh, it just seemed like this was a time to pause. Alan understands that the closure is challenging for everyone involved, especially his employees, so he hopes to assist them as they transition. Taking care of my team is absolutely paramount. I, every shift, every closing shift, every conversation I'm having with my team members, um, we're trying to support them. So we've literally, I was in the office of the Compass Group uh, management team just singing the praises of one of my team leaders today at the end of my conversations and thank yous at, at Norris. Um, I've been on the phone uh, multiple times today speaking to some of our workforce development partners. So we have a lot of community partners and um, our tenancy over at the hatchery down at East Garfield Park. Uh, gives us so many amazing resources, and that includes some wonderful individuals who can really and literally help my team members be placed at other jobs, make phone calls for them, help them with their resume writing, help them with their interview prep. Um, I have an individual from that group coming out physically, you know, and in person next Tuesday. So we have some you know extra shifts for people to break down, clean up, and you know pack up our store. 
Vietnam Nam worker at Norris, Giovanni Patino, enjoyed working for the restaurant and is sad to move on. I mean, uh, for, for me, like, and I could say it for like all of us, like I could say that we all like really enjoyed working here actually. As you can tell, like we finished wrong with it, like we ended up breaking it down and everything, but I'll do, like I'll do means, like for real, like it was just a blast working with every single person that was here. Northwestern students are also going to miss Vietnam Nam at Norris. Northwestern student Asher Bank was looking forward to his go-to rice bowl from Vietnam Nam for lunch today, but was disappointed when he was told the restaurant was closed for good. I feel like it was one of my favorite restaurants in Norris for sure. And I didn't know it was like closing worldwide, which is also kind of nuts. So I don't know, I learned about it today, it was sad. Another student, Emma Luzio, is also disappointed that their go-to restaurant at Norris is now closed. I'm sad. I really liked it. Um, I mean, I don't, uh, I often forget to use like my dining dollars, but whenever I'm at Norris, um, that's like the first place I turn to. Alan appreciates everyone who enjoyed Vietnam Nam, so he chose to close out his restaurant on Friday with a celebration. I would never call to say goodbye. I would just call this an opportunity to serve you once more and, and thank you and just look forward to having um, a few extra smiles tomorrow. Music by Mariah Petway. For WNUR, I'm Mariah Petway. Music by Mariah Petway. For WNUR, I'm Mariah Petway. Season 5 of Drive to Survive just premiered on Netflix and with it, a new craze for the sport in the United States. Maria Jimena Aragon takes us into the driver's seat of all F1 drama. This is not going in Drive to Survive. The higher you rise, the sharper the knives. The best way to become unpopular is to win. I'm gonna come after you. And you start to see cracks formula one drive to survive returned to netflix for its fifth season last week taking fans of the sport and the show back into the driver's seat between classes and postgrad plans northwestern students are gearing up for the 2023 f1 season both on screen and on the track and for McCormick senior Brandon Beckel, who is also part of the Northwestern Formula One team, the passion for the sport is ongoing. I really like it because, I mean, if you look at it on the surface, it's like, you know, really like fast cars going around a track in a circle. But when you get more into it, there's a lot, a lot more strategy behind it. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of things that go into it in the weekend. There's like qualifying, there's like, it's a whole weekend sport instead of just having like one game. It's you have all the, all the practice sections to like keep track of someone and then qualifying is a big deal. And then there's a the race. And so I kind of like how it's spread out over the weekend. And um, even within the race, there's like, you know, pit strategies, tire strategies, um, fuel to a lesser extent, but there, I, I, it gets pretty deep once you learn more about it. And I think, I think that's like really cool uh, about the sport. Although sports documentaries and TV shows are nothing new, 
The impact the show has had on the sport in real time has actually translated into viewership at around 1 million per race, which according to ESPN has also seen a rise in more female and younger viewers than ever before in 2022. I know a lot of people have been introduced into the sport because of the show and a new season just aired. What are your thoughts? Anything you can tell me? Yeah, I think it's great for the sport. Uh, I saw, like, I remember, like, I was, like, in the Formula One community or whatever uh, online and saw and, like, was watching Formula One. And then once Drive to Survive came out, there's, like, a huge influx of people, especially, like, Americans, um, being interested in the sport. Like, America was always kind of, like, put on the wayside for Formula One as a huge European uh, sport mainly. And then ever since Drive to Survive came out, it really introduced a lot more Americans in it. And the explosion to, of the U.S. Like, fan base has led to a calendar year that features three races in the United States, more than any other country. According to NBC News, the Miami race that debuted last May actually attracted a highest ever 2.58 million viewers in the U.S. alone. And now with races in Austin, Miami, and Las Vegas scheduled for this upcoming season, the excitement behind the show is twofold. So it's, getting, it's getting really popular in the U.S. because of, I think primarily because of Drive to Arrive and how many people have been introduced to the, to the sport from it. But according to Weinberg senior Spencer Page, the paddock drama isn't always what it seems. I've watched every single race and every single qualifying session of the 2022 season like live. Like I made sure I did that live every single time. And um, the other night, I actually, like, sat down to watch the new season of Drive to Survive that just came out for, like, four or five episodes, maybe. So, like, I got, like, halfway through the season, and I don't know, like, it it was good. It's just not it, – it definitely lost something, given how much attention I had paid to the season, like, this past year. So, I'd say, you know, before I really got back, like, hardcore into Formula One, I was definitely, you know, watching a lot of Drive to Survive. But I think at this point in time, it's like – you know, if you watch the season and you stay really up to date with all of the news and like all of the team updates and all of the behind the scenes stuff as much as you can, you know, in the off season, there's no real need for you to like watch Drive to Survive unless you're bored and just like want to like consume every ounce of F1 content you can, which like that's why I watch it because like if it's F1 content, I'm going to watch it. Formula One has to be always heroes and anti-heroes. We need to start considering a change. It's very simple. If you're not performing, you're out. I think I think it's great that more people are getting into the sport. I think the thing, you know, that, that I did when I got back into it last year after watching Drive to Survive, I think a lot of people should do is like like watch all the races, really keep up to date, you know, like like with the news, like follow the teams on social media, like follow the journalists on like Twitter, because like there's always something interesting going on in F1. And while I think like Drive to Survive is a really great introductory tool, I think if you want to get a more in-depth understanding of what's really going on with F1 and the history, you unfortunately being in the U.S. do have to put in a little bit of like extra effort to get the full picture. But I do think that's really rewarding and um, I think it's worth it. So, you know, like that's my advice, um, like watch Drive to Survive, enjoy it, but also, you know, like watch the races, really, you know, get involved, like with the, the journalism behind it, because I think that's where all of the, all the really interesting stuff happens. And I can say, you know, from watching, you know, like social media and stuff during the summer break when all the driver contracts were changing, that month in F1 was far more entertaining for everybody than like sitting and watching Drive to Survive. Like it, it, it just was. Like if you care about the drama, 
the drama does happen, but getting it like raw and in the moment is is just so much of a better way to engage yourself with the sport, I think. So so that's my advice. From races in Singapore, Mexico, Qatar, and beyond, the 2023 Formula One season is gearing up for preseason testing in Bahrain this week. So no matter where you stand in the F1 craze, just know that this reporter will be checking driver's social media pages and pushing for a Hamilton comeback in the meantime. I'm Maria Jimena Aragon, WNUR News. Dating apps, mutual friends, student organization events. How does one get into a relationship here? Last week, reporter Michelle Huang took on the mystery of finding love on Northwestern's campus. On February 14th, cute little hearts and I love you messages flooded Instagram story after Instagram story. And the Northwestern relationship mystery ignited once more. How? are all these people finding relationships and on this campus. However, there are people who have solved the mystery. They are the ones who have cracked the case and found a significant other. Weinberg sophomores Audrey Joe and Mason Bryant are two of them. I remember the, the first time I really knew was last year. We were in France. And I, I just came back from a play, and I was very obnoxious, I think. And I just was being silly and lying. And she, she stopped and she said, you lie a lot. Lie? <laughs> yeah, she said, you like, lie a lot. And he I was, was like, like that's what being, I know. He was like joking a lot. From there, Mason and Audrey's relationship really began to progress through a book club. So basically, we were talking about, we both like to read a lot, just separately, and we talked about it a lot. And I was talking about how, like, growing up, I never, like, let myself indulge in like romance girly novels. So I was texting him and I was like, oh, like I never read any like of those books um, because I blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh yeah, me too. I was like, okay, then what if we read a rom romance book together at the same time? Like, like it's a little book club. It's yeah, fun though. Yeah, so we did that and then. Talked a lot over winter break. Like the first thing I did, I think when I came back was I asked her on a date. Weinberg freshman Asia Frazier met her boyfriend, McCormick freshman Donnie Carl, through a mutual friend. They saw each other constantly at events hosted by their friend's scholarship house. During those events, we'd just be like joking with each other, like kind of teasing each other. Um, we'd play like some games together. And then while that was happening, we just so happened to talk about things that we just happened to have in common. Like we have the same taste kind of in video games. We have the same humor. Things came to a head during one late night stroll. I noticed that he was rambling about something, so I was just kind of like, you know what, whatever. And I like told him how I felt about him, and he felt the same way. Madill freshman Juliet Allen and her partner, Eleni Tekos, are a wildcat welcome couple, but one of the rare cases that have lasted. They met in person for the first time at First Night Northwestern. However, things didn't start progressing until a particularly bold moment from Eleni. We actually stood outside of MFC talking about other people that we were interested in. Something came up about types. And the funny thing about my type is that the only people who ever asked me what my type is are people who are my type. And so I, like, Eleni was like, well, what's your type? And I was like, um, curly-haired brunettes. <laughs> and they were like, that's me. Um, and so they were like, so, like, like, you trying to date me then? And I was like, sure. These couples all have different origin stories. However, there is a similar through line apparent. 
These relationships came when the people involved weren't focused on finding one. But like the events I would go to would be events that I was interested in. Obviously, like they have movie nights every now and then and stuff like that. And he just so happened to be at the same events that I was. Like I wasn't particularly going out of my way to do anything, but like it just kind of happened. Before her relationship with Mason, Audrey was searching. She dabbled in dating apps a bit as well. However, nothing came about until she let go of that desire. <laughs> I was making my New Year's resolutions. I don't want a boyfriend so bad. And I had like started really internalizing that. And then he was like, <laughs> do you want to go get dinner? And I was like, I do want to go get dinner. And it really was like, some people say it, and I'm like, I used to not really believe it. It like, what, like comes when you're not fine looking for it or whatever. But I mean, that, that is what happened. For Juliet, her focus was on meeting people. Not necessarily in the relationship sense, but more in the community sense. I was definitely like keeping my eye out for people, um, but not necessarily like in a relationship sense. I just was curious about like who was here. Gathering from the stories of these couples, the solution to the relationship mystery might just be to do the things that you love and you will meet people who love the same things through that. While understanding that. I think like the, the popular conception of relationship is like once you get into one, you're objectively happy. Or like all of your problems are solved or whatever. Uh, obviously that's, not? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they are. No, they are. Okay. No, but I, that's kidding. obviously not true. And I don't think that's why you should look for a relationship. I think you look once you're already happy with your life uh, and you've found someone who oh, yeah. does something yeah. else. And knowing. As soon as you stop looking at everyone like a potential partner or like trying to like force connections with people who you think might be a good partner, it'll, it'll come. In conclusion, live your best life. Let the universe do its thing and love will find you. For WNUR News, I'm Michelle Huang. Another Monday, another B-List, WNUR News, Weekly Pop Culture Briefing. Ella Barnes has the updates for today. Welcome to the B-List, your weekly roundup of celebrity mess and pop culture. This week, The Mandalorian's long-awaited season three premiering, Cocaine Bear's surprising success in the box office, and a SAG Awards roundup. The Mandalorian, the hit Star Wars Universe show on Disney+, Plus, is premiering this Wednesday, March 1st. The show is coming at a pivotal time in the Star Wars franchise, while other shows like The Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan were mildly popular and Andor was a hit with the critics, they were nowhere near the critical and popular success of The Mandalorian. The show is also coming at a time of peak popularity for the show's lead actor Pedro Pascal due to his starring in the hit HBO series The Last of Us. That, in a mere 35-minute runtime of the debut episode, suggests a premiere that will draw millions of viewers. Directed by actress Elizabeth Banks and surprisingly based on a true story, Cocaine Bear sniffed up $23.1 million box office dollars in its opening weekend, according to studio estimates on Sunday. Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, shrank quickly in its second weekend. Quantumania was still number one with an estimated $32.2 million in ticket sales, but... It was hit with some of the worst reviews and audience scores of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It dropped a steep 69.7% in its second weekend, the worst decline for an MCU film, falling faster than Black Widow's 67.8%.
824's Everything Everywhere All at Once took home Best Cast, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Supporting Actress Sunday at the 29th Annual SAG Awards. Brendan Fraser took the Best Male Actor in the Leading Role for A24's The Whale. A24 was a clear winner on the film side with five total trophies for Everything Everywhere All at Once in The Whale. No other studio had more than one. On the small screen, The White Lotus took home the award for Ensemble in a Drama Series. ABC's Abbott Elementary took the award for Outstanding Ensemble in a Comedy Series. Jennifer Coolidge won Best Female Actor in a Drama Series for White Lotus, and Jason Bateman took Best Male Actor for Netflix's now-wrapped Ozark. The Bears' Jeremy Allen White then followed up his Golden Globe and Critics' Choice wins for Male Actor in a Comedy. Jessica Chastain took the night's first award for her lead role in the limited series George and Tammy, followed by Sam Elliott winning for 1883. Oscar, Emmy, and SAG Award winner Sally Field received the 2023 Lifetime Achievement Award, which was presented to her by her amazing Spider-Man co-star Andrew Garfield. That's all for the B-List this week. Check in next Monday to hear what happens this week in pop culture. For WNUR News, I'm Ella Barnes. A look at the weather for tonight. Currently, it is 34 degrees with clouds and winds blowing at 15 to 25 miles per hour. Tomorrow, expect cloudy skies and sun in the morning. Temperatures will reach a high of 43 degrees and low of 37. Remember to take your umbrella or raincoat out of the closet to prepare for the 80% chance of rain. Taking a look into the headlines, a fifth bubble tea store recently opened in downtown Evanston called T-Bar Boba. Run by two cousins, the store offers not only milk tea, but also blended fruit drinks and Turkish coffee. In response to student feedback, the Northwestern Dining Halls have decided to remove calorie counts on food labels to foster a safer environment for students with eating disorders. Today, at least two tornadoes hit the Chicago suburbs, a rare scene in late February. This resulted in downed trees and fence damage. Flood and wind advisories have been issued in a few counties. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other WNUR news stories on our website, wnur.news. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our producer today is Erica Schmidt, and our reporters are Mariah, Mariah Petway, Maria Jimena Aragon, Michelle Huang, and Ella Barnes. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. I'm Jung and Jennifer Kim, and we'll see you back here Wednesday, March 1st, same time, same place. Now, back to scheduled programming.